0: Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us once again. You are listening to a little off topic, one agency's water cooler chat on digital marketing, business, and all the things that get in the way presented by Speak Creative. In the last few episodes, we focused mainly on the strategy and administrative side of the agency world. So today we figured we'd dive head first into the creative part of Speak Creative, and when we're talking about creativity, there's no better authority on that subject than today's guest, Speaks Director of Creative, Josh Cooper. My name is David Caffey. I'm Speaks Digital Marketing Manager and the host of A Little Off Topic. Joining me this week and every week is Speaks VP Leadership Team. Kendra Sinson is VP of Client Partnerships. In addition, we have our duo of Mats. First is Matt Roberts, VP of Marketing and Sales. And last but not least, we have Matt Irvin, VP of Creative Services. We'll start today's chat by discussing what creativity means to us. After that, Josh walks us through a day in the life of a creative director in a digital agency and talks about some examples of Speak's latest and greatest creative work. For folks that are big-time design nerds, in today's conversation we'll also talk about the rules, science, and data that goes into making design-related decisions, and how Josh's team balances the data-driven elements of design with the aesthetic and subjective. We'll close out today by sharing some of our so-crazy-they-just-might-work ideas, which are about as creative as you can get for better or for worse. So great chat with Josh today. I think you guys will enjoy it. As always, we thank you for taking the time to listen to our show today, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of A Little Off Topic. So you can taste the electricity in the air. We're back um we have been talking a lot about the strategy and administrative side of the agency world and what we do at speak the last few episodes uh but we have not spent a lot of time lately on the far more interesting and exciting side uh, the creative side of the agency so today we have our director of creative josh cooper who is joining us i think our third or fourth guest going down in the history books um to talk uh, to us about what it means to be creative and the strategy that goes into the creative side of our work. So, Josh, thank you for joining us, and and welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So we're going to start off, and uh, the Webster's Dictionary definition is allowed here, but a question for all, uh, what does creativity mean to you guys?
1: I feel like I should go last. I want to hear what everyone else thinks first.
2: (laughs) I don't know that I have a great definition for it, but I think the root of the word create is um, where I tend to lean just creating something new and visionary and bringing your own ideas out into um, the earth or so other people can see it. Um, That is where the best creativity is for me. That's how I define it.
0: Matt, how do you uh, invoke creativity in your lives and both professionally and personally?
3: So I, I would disagree with Kendra that the root word in creative is not create it's it's eight um because I like food a lot and uh, I like to cook a lot and so <laughs> oh see that yeah it fits um so for me like personal creativity um I've worked over the years to learn different techniques in cooking and different um styles and different uh types of like uh, cuisine from different areas of the country and that kind of stuff and so for me creativity is taking bits of those things that i've learned and putting them together in a new combination or an original combination and see what comes out of it Um, so to me that's what creativity is and and i think uh with design um graphic design you get some some i think the parallel holds up or the analogy holds up
4: okay yeah urban stole my answer i was gonna say it's it's the application of
3: you're not going to talk about food. <laughs>
4: uh, I was not going to talk about food, but it's the application of ideas and practices in a, in, in a configuration that accomplishes a, a goal that, or a, a accomplishes a, a thing um, in someone's mind that either uh, inspires or creates a solution or, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of taking all the bits and pieces of, of your skill and craft and applying them toward um, kind of an, an end goal in a way that is, that is either uh, maybe not commonplace or, um, yeah, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought, but somewhere in there is, is, uh, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, by the way, <laughs> just in case we need to actually solve where the word creative comes from, it is uh, from the Latin term Creo, which means like to create cold. or make. Heck yeah! You gonna make us some Creo? I can. I know you
1: can. All right, I to, Josh is just like waiting. I'm ready. All this. I'm ready. <laughs> Nobody said what I was gonna say. I'm not surprised. Um, because for me, creativity—I I think back to uh, being a kid and being curious. And I think that's where creativity comes from. And if we can kind of, I think people who become creatives professionally, they've held on to that curiosity throughout what life's brought at them. And when they're brought a project, no matter what the constraints or what the, you know, what the client wants, they can be creative in that space because they're curious about making something new, making something better. And I I think creatives are very passionate about their work and it shows and to me, I believe everyone is creative. I know even if you're not in a creative field, I just believe that everyone does creative things in different ways every day. So that, and I've always believed that. And that. Here. Is that what you meant to say, Roberts.
2: Yeah, that's what I meant to say I for sure. That,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, his, his answer is better than ours.
0: <laughs> Josh wins the podcast.
1: I've just been doing this for a long time. I have a lot of philosophy behind it
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect. That's why we have you here. Um, so you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but in the agency world and, and speak, I mean, pretty much everybody has a hand in a, a kind of creative element in their position and their role. Um, but Josh, you and your team are really on the forefront and are doing the stuff that, you know, we would really consider the kind of top tier creativity going on in our business. Um, so what do you think, um, where do you see like the, I guess the, creativity display the most in our work right now like what 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 kind of elements of what we're doing do you feel are kind of the the top tier creativity coming out of speak at the the moment well i think
1: at speak we are always doing what we need to do and that's forward thinking whether it be apps or um you know this might not sound very creative but getting a website to run faster you know creative ways of doing that are just what Speak does best. And I think there's some stuff on the forefront, like, you know, building certain uh, plugins for WordPress that are only available at Speak and we update them and things like that. We're just always forward thinking. Um, As far as design, um, that's just something if if you're good at it, you're always at the next step. You know, right now the big thing is UI, UX and our team is into that and looking at making that better for everything we do. And every department works kind of feeds into that, you know, starting from the project being sold, the salesperson talking about that with the client, then the brand strategist coming in, the project manager, everyone works together to make that stuff right. It can't just happen with the creative team. And to be a good creative, you have to understand that.
0: So Josh, did your title. all right <laughs> You did. You, you that's perfect. Ten points cool. for that um we have a point system i just came up with it i was about to uh, say
4: when did when when does the scoreboard get well, i was going to give you points it. for that all
0: that clearly the research you did on defining the you know the etymology of the word creativity <laughs> Heck I yeah. think you deserve 10 points too retroactively you get 10 <laughs> points yes so josh your title is directive of creative uh, creative and um and as we've said um speak is creativity from top to bottom so obviously you know on paper it sounds like you're very probably a very busy guy but what does your title kind of more you know defined uh, how would you define your title and what your role is to speak
1: so i think my role is just i mean i'm coming up with big ideas i think is one of the main things that i do but the second thing that i do a lot is give my opinion um because creative work and we'll talk about this a little a little later is subjective a lot of times but I feel like I'm there because my title holds a little bit of weight with what I'm saying behind it. Cause like I said, I have a lot of philosophy behind it. I've been doing this for a long time so I can explain my ideas probably better than most and sell them as much as I need to because it is subjective. But I think my eye is better than the clients. A lot of times, I hope I can say that. Um, But if I can't, you can cut that out. So (laughs) I'm trying to get them where I need them to be. So we can give them the best product that they can have something that lasts for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I mean maybe to, to, I don't
4: certainly don't think that's, uh, something we should cut. I think that's something that, I mean, that's what clients hopefully uh, value in us is that we were able to see, uh, see more potential, see more, um, of what is, is, uh, kind of, available to them for how we can present them either online or, or, you know, or or wherever the application of the, of the the creative is is kind of going. I mean, it's, it's hopefully comforting to a client to know that there are, there are, there's a team of people who are uh, more creative uh, than they are and who have a broader base for um, a specific vision. And so even if they aren't there yet, we're trying, to, we're trying to help them capture it and help them understand it. And that's not to say that they don't have input and can't put us, push us in a different direction or ask us to move in a different direction, but that you know, we always want to be very forward thinking. And so you know, to have a role like yours completely dedicated to that, to help our team move in that way, I think is a really, uh, it's a really valuable part of, of our creative team.
1: Yeah, I think also, yeah, I kind of brought up some thoughts in my mind about, you know, clients hire us to do this job and we just need to show them that we're the best at it. So that's why I say it takes everyone to do that because, and the creative has to be able to take all that information in and be creative within those, you know, it's not really a box. It's, it's kind of it is a box, but it's a good box. We want to be in that box for the client. And what can we do within those constraints that just is amazing. And I think that's part of my job is making the client feel comfortable with that. You know, they don't know the designer like I do. They don't know, you know, but the designer brings that work and I'm there to back them up. I'm there before they even see it to get it to the place that it needs to be. So I take it very personally when a client comes back and they're unhappy and I want to do everything I can to make them to make them happy, but also in a way that the site functions and does what they need it to do. Yeah, there's a, another aspect, I think, to Josh's
3: role that like, is more acute here at Speak, but then also kind of applies to the relationship that we have with our clients. It's, it's acute with how uh, the designers and the design team relate to each other, but it's similar to how we relate to our clients. So if you think about uh, if you've got a problem you're trying to solve, you've been working on it, working on it, And you keep looking at the same thing all the time. It is really easy to get caught in a groove, um, a bad groove, a rut. And so uh, the client brings us in because we have technical expertise, but we also bring in a fresh perspective. And so we can look at things in ways they haven't thought of yet. We can come up with new ways to tell their story because we're not necessarily encumbered by everything that got that helped them build this rut that they're in. Um, And our our team is good at doing that um, on a broad scale, but Josh also does that with the designers on a more narrow scale because they've been looking at their design and over and over and over for long periods of time. And he comes in with fresh perspective and experience and says, okay, but what have you thought about this way? Or what if we, you know, made these changes to it? How does that affect um, what you're trying to do? So it's a, I don't know, the, the kind of, Symbiotic part of that, I think, is, is, is really interesting, um, and it's why having somebody that has expertise and can back up what he thinks um, creatively makes a, makes a huge difference in our product.
4: Yeah, one of the things that strikes me, uh, just a, something that maybe I hadn't thought of until you just, you just said that, uh, Irvin, was, you know, Josh is able to have a hand in um, all of our projects. And so, kind of, some new great idea that gets surfaced for another client, um, you know, if it were just in that uh, kind of silo of that project with that designer, it probably filters out to the rest of the team at some point um, because we collaborate and, and, and those types of things. But it's, you know, it's, it's not one of those things maybe that the designer uh, on that or the creative on that particular project is. Um, you know, the first thing that they're going to do is, is sit, sit back and think, oh, how could we also use this for, for somebody else? Or, or is there a different application of this that would be really great for another client that we have because I know we've got all these other projects. Um, but because Josh does get to, to, to be involved in in so many of our projects, um, I think that's, that's value add as well. It makes mm-hmm. the the improvement of our team, the application of great techniques, and the application of, of really great ideas um happen faster so we have a we have a quicker kind of evolution cycle to what we're doing Um, and i i'm i'm very appreciative of that for sure
2: yeah i don't disagree with anything that's been said i would just add that um you know josh you've been here almost a year right out of year yeah and um can definitely see the way that our specifically creative team has evolved but i think that the role of creative direction is just a good reminder to evolve and push. I think we are creatures of habit and kind of get into cycles of here's our work. We're going to turn it out. We're going to keep going. And I think that the role of creative direction has been great to come in and remind us that, you know, we are here to push boundaries and push limits and try new things. And that is something that we can do no matter what team we're on, whether it's a designer or a content writer, Um, you know, the idea that we have to get out of cycles and into creativity is one that I think is um, something that's been really apparent to our team over the last year.
1: I think one thing I don't want to forget to mention too, because the question I think originally was some of the, you know, what's some of the great things coming out of Speak right now? And I definitely want to mention our video team and just the, the work that we're doing and pushing forward with is great. And um, we recently were selected to be in the Indie Memphis Film Festival for our work with My Cup of Tea. So, shout out to everyone on the team. I mean, the whole Speak organization just was was definitely part of that and, and supportive of of our endeavors there. So, we're really thankful for that. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I think that's uh, uh, an
4: interesting dynamic because it's it's not as if uh, you are just involved in. Uh, artwork direction like uh y- you're involved in in helping us understand what it's like to to bring creativity to uh, to to basically every part of our of our operation and i think that's our video team is has certainly benefited from uh your uh guidance and oversight as well i mean that's uh, the my cup of tea project and, and several other things that that have happened this year or in production now like they're just they're fantastic they're so good
0: in our world, I think, and especially in the digital marketing department, there's a lot of rep- repetition in putting out the work we we do. Like we have to write blog topics on a lot of similar, you know, topics and, and, and ideas a lot. Um, I, I would assume that in the you know, design department, even the video and you know, across the creative department, there's going to be a lot of times where we're having the, we kind of feel like we're in a, a, a cycle of like, well, we're you know, another website, another website, another website. Um, where do you guys look for inspiration? and influence to kind of keep ideas coming fresh and, 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 and looking for kind of the, the new trends and, and that sort of thing to kind of keep us ourselves out of that. Like, okay, here's the, you know, the 20th website we worked on this year. How can we make this one unique and stand out from, from the other ones after we've done this so much?
2: For me, it goes back to, and this is something I've been focused on a lot lately, but just user journey. Um, for instance, like our customer support team, how we're responding to our customers should mimic the best customer experiences we ourselves have received. And how we navigate a website or how we design a website to be navigated should mimic what we'd wanna see if we were that user. So I think really being empathetic, stepping into the shoes of who we're trying to reach uh, helps understand their intent, what they're actually looking for, not what we're calling specific menu items, but what lives on those pages, how it looks, what I'm expecting from any given brand, really just that empathetic view of what needs to be done helps drive creativity for me, Um, specifically in writing blogs or digital marketing because understanding, hey, I'm not searching for something just to click on the top three links and that's it, I'm searching for an answer. And so if we can put ourselves in the shoe of who we're marketing towards or designing for, I think that helps inspire creativity quite often.
1: Yeah, I would definitely to piggyback on that. the The user journey is where it can help everything you do be different because every every journey is different. So you're you're already starting on a different path every time. But I think just from a like a resource uh, for me is has always been Dribble and probably always will be. I mean, is a place to look for. New trends, new design trends, and then I mean, the internet is just, as you all know, chocked full of of great information. Um, some not so great, so you have to know how to
2: <laughs> all of it accurate.
1: Right, you got to yes. know how to vet that stuff out. But there's there's a lot there, and I mean, early on in my creative career, the internet was the source. You know, when you're when you're young and you're creative and you're figuring it out, it's a great source to help you out. You just have to know what to look at what not to look at what to use what not to use also i think a really big thing for me is surrounding yourself with creatives you trust and you know using their knowledge and at speak we just have so much knowledge in in so many different aspects of creativity that i always tell the designers you know ask the people around you first because they can help you they can get you where you need to be and I think that's important for team building as well, just trusting the people around you, but even outside the circle of your your job per se, I mean, keep people around you that you really trust creatively. And I think that'll that's where I find a lot of inspiration from.
0: So I'll open this one, this next question up to the, the whole group here. Um, so we've probably said it 30 times now that we, I think it's big, we creativity and everything we do into every area of what we work on. Um, Tell me how you guys think creativity is involved in your work. I mean, obviously, not all of us are working on, you know, hand-drawn illustrations and videos and that sort of thing. Um, but what are some ways that you guys weave creativity into your uh, kind of focus areas? And maybe some that people that are on the outside looking in wouldn't expect require a lot of creativity in terms of, you know, the work you're doing.
4: Especially in the uh, kind of role, the business development role, uh, that, I, that, that is part of what I do. Um, one of the things that just um, delights me is to be able to talk to somebody who's in a particular organization and um, they're just so used to doing things a certain way. Think beyond kind of the, 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 the benchmarks and look to kind of expand our ideas around um, what's possible when it comes to, to actually application execution of these different ideas. Um, and, you know, when you have a client kind of really kind of latch onto that and begin to, um, you know, dream about what's possible. Um, and they're not just, you know, they're not just looking to create, you know, some copycat version of a, of a website that's already out there. That I feel like is, is kind of the, the first piece of, of kind of business development of helping somebody understand our expertise. They don't, you know, it's not me pitching our team, it's not me pitching kind of our creativity intrinsically, it's more just helping our client kind of surface up to the idea that there's a, there's a much broader world to explore and then opening them up to the idea that our team is gonna walk them through kind of a, 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 a process to help them get to the very best of what we can create for them, uh, but they've got to kind of be able to surface themselves first. Otherwise, you know, we're just uh, we're kind of stuck in a rut already. So that's the part of my job that I get to enjoy. Um, and so, you know, being able to be heads up on on kind of everything that our team is doing uh, and everything that our team uh, maybe would point to is really great examples of of great ideas that you know we can we can surface to the client. Uh, in that type of situation is, is obviously for me kind of about as creative as I get. (laughs) Um, but it's, uh, it is certainly fun to be, uh, a part of hopefully that, that very beginning of, of just kind of helping them explore the idea and being open to, uh, the ideas of, um, you know, what's out there.
2: Yeah. I think on the client partnership team, I mean, just remembering that we're all creators and creative, um, even if, you know, a lot of our illustration or design chops happen outside of work. I've got content writers that sketch every day um, and um, that are into animation and that like graphic design. And uh, just because it's a passion um, that they don't get to live out every single day, it doesn't mean they can't bring that creative mind into their work. So I think just having a team of creatives and knowing that – we all have some kind of creative outlet. <laughs> We're all creators of some kind. Um, that helps that mindset uh, because we are here to do things and push those limits that I was talking about and create new, exciting stuff, um, even if it's a blog. And I don't think most people would consider a blog sexy, but when you can pour your um, heart and soul into it and then see results that actually matter to a client, it, it's fun and it helps drive us to be even more creative. So. Um, yeah, I just think everyone on our team is some kind of creator. And as long as we can remember that and we, that we have minds that are made to be creative, uh, we're on the right track.
3: For, for me, it's, I, I look at it a little differently. Um, most of what I do is solve problems. Like that's just kind of what I do. Um, and so for me, it's, it's being able to take a step back from a problem and think creatively about other ways to handle an issue. Um, so, you know, what if I remove this premise from the problem I'm looking at, even though I think it can't be removed, does that fundamentally change things or what is another, um, assumption that we're making here that we don't see that doesn't have to be made. We could change that kind of core underlying idea and, uh, and, and shift how we do things or how we think about things. So for me, um, creativity at work is really, uh, trying to broaden my perspective of what I'm looking at and and how I'm trying to solve the problem. Um, That's a little, a little bit different than sketching. (laughs) Uh, It's not as visual, but it's a, it's a similar mental function, I think.
1: So I think besides the obvious stuff that I do in my role that we've already talked about, I think one thing for me is where I have had to learn how to be creative is to inspire the team that I work with and how to find creative ways to inspire them and for me in my career that's always been work that I've done outside of work has driven my work inside of work to be better
0: so Josh I'll put the spotlight back on you for uh, we'll get into the nitty-gritty here to kind of wrap this up Um, I think this is a a topic that comes up a lot um, at speak internally but I'm sure it's something you're asked about a lot so the, there's, break us down, like in the design process, there's obviously parts that are very backed by data and, and rules and, and logic and that sort of thing. And then there are parts that are pretty much down to the individual, the, the expression and creativity of the individual. What would you categorize as the kind of more data-driven pieces of design versus the ones that are kind of up for subjective kind of analysis, that sort of thing?
1: Sure. Well, I mean... We have a brand strategist and we have an SEO team that does a lot of work to figure out some of those things that we need to do on a site. And I can think of an example recently where a client wanted um, two navigations of the same thing. Yeah. So we went right to, I think we went right to you, David. And we said, hey, is this going to work? And you were like, no. And we already, we already knew that as creatives because it just didn't look right as well. But there was data behind that um and the important part of the data and the science behind design is it gets you started as as a designer quicker you know if you're with a client and you're like okay oh i have a blank slate what should i do all the data and the science can get you started right away so your grid um your hierarchy of type um all those things that go into it, all those things that are in scope of the certain project you're doing get you started right away. And after that is where the creativity can can begin. Colors, those are subjective. Although I will put the caveat in, ADA is now a, a big thing in web design. So colors, while they may be subjective, you have to use certain ones. So it's, you know, there's enough contrast for legibility and things like that. Um, font sizes, Um, the fonts you use are subjective. The treatment you put on a photo is subjective. Um, For me, they're subjective, but there's a way it looks right and there's a way it doesn't look right. So I'm going to try to get the client to let it look the right way. And if the first way that we present isn't, I'm going to present another way that I think looks right. I'm never going to just, or my goal is to never just let them do exactly what they want but I need to listen to them and a lot of creatives don't do that they don't want to listen to the client you have to listen to the client because they will bring some good ideas but what they do bring is the knowledge of their organization that you can't bring so you have to listen you know I think that answers the question I think ADA is the biggest thing now that kind of it's a great thing because obviously it allows the web design to and the the site to be seen by a lot more people and, and experienced is actually a better word. It could be experienced by a lot more people, but it, it will put you in a little bit of a box sometimes because you had this great idea to put this white type on top of this color and ADA is like, nope, can't do it. So everything could change with, with one little thing.
3: If I were able to design things that look pretty, which I'm not, um, I've tried and I get made fun of repeatedly, uh, even for things that are really old. But something I didn't that would be... I know you didn't know it's Jacob um, and Roberts. Uh, one of the things that would be really great about that experience though, is I've taken a website, I've designed it. Um, I've got a client, what they want, the client's happy with it. And now we've looked at it and said, can this website do what it needs to do for everybody, for people who wouldn't normally get that experience, that the benefit that they're going to get from visiting the site and being able to say, you know what, if I make these changes or, or, um, follow these guidelines and then now I can create something that is useful and meaningful um, that people can interact with who wouldn't normally be able to interact with it. Uh, to me, that's, that's, I don't know. There's, there's just something great about that, that uh, the box that it puts you in is really, really minor.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, and I think having that box of, I guess, boundaries um, really helps us be more creative because we understand the limits Uh, within which we can be creative and sometimes we need that so that you know we we can see the light at the end of the tunnel we know exactly where it's at we know how far we can reach and that kind of allows our ideas to open up within that space so I think feedback's a great thing because it just gets us to a spot where we know how far we can take it and then you know we also know when that's not far enough and maybe when we should push harder like the the navigation box that was thrown at us uh, we know when to push back against that because we do have that expertise but having that put front and center at least allows for that conversation to happen versus uh, unmet expectations down the road
4: when we talk about doing client work um, there's a purpose behind what we're trying to do there's uh, it it is not um, you know a free form expression of of the absolute maximum potential of our creativity. It's it we're, we're always working within some kind of box because the client has a specific purpose in mind Uh, as an organization for the, for the site that we're putting together. It is to communicate something. It's to move somebody to action. It's to, there's a, there's a philosophy that has to go into it that um, I think is just really, uh, really valuable, but it's also, I, I think, it's worth recognizing because you know you can go onto uh you know websites that um, have you know listings of you know just these out of out of this world uh, kind of website experiences and like um, awards.com is one and some of the the websites that i see on there are man you can pull them up and they're just beautiful and they have all this like just weird interaction but then you think about like how those sites many of them are like they're basically just showcase sites they're not they're not performing a business purpose or an organizational purpose and some of them are but um you know when we think about what's kind of the maximum creativity that we can bring to a project um, it's always within some kind of box because we're, we're trying to work towards this business purpose or organization purpose. Um, and that's where the user journeys come in. That's where, you know, user experience comes in. That's where we're trying to make sure that what we do doesn't get in the way of the end user doing the thing that the organization needs to do. Because we can we could do something probably more creative or that had more interaction but if we start getting in the way of the end user, we're, we're
0: defeating the organization, our client's purpose. So uh, the good brother Steve Jobs once said that the crazy ones are the ones that, what is he saying? <laughs> are the ones that uh, they change the world. They usually do, right? So my question, my final question, this doesn't have to be work-related. It could be any time in your, in, your, in your life. Your craziest idea, something you thought would never happen or never work and actually did. Um, I will start with something work-related, and I think there's, like, no real way to learn SEO without, like, just saying YOLO and hitting publish on something, even though you think it might break. Um, that's, I do that all the time. Not as, mo- not often anymore, where We're I'm thinking, like, oh, SEO if I hit publish on this, it's going to break everything. But um, that's, a, that's probably, I, I've had a lot of moments where I'm like, this would never work. It's going to break everything, and then it's the thing that fixes it. Uh, that's the most satisfying part of my job and my career and the moments I chase after. Um, what are some crazy ideas you guys have had that have worked? You proved everybody wrong.
4: Ed Irvin came up with Napster before it was a thing.
0: I am, the I am
3: the Napster. I did not do that, actually.
2: I have one that sounds a little ethereal. It's weird. But um, growing up, always said, I'm going to work on Music Row someday. Um, learned really quick, you should be very specific with those intentions, because um, was in Florida, decided to take two interviews with the agency that was in Memphis, had a Nashville office, um, without telling my husband, did not tell him that a move was on the table until after the second interview, um, but found out during that interview that the Nashville office was located on Music Row, and so um, got to move to Nashville, worked for a creative agency uh, one you might know one you might be listening to their podcast Um, and our office was on Music Row so definitely not what I envisioned but saw it come to life and um, that's always a pretty cool story for me to think back on about how I manifested something and how to I should be really specific with the next time I try to manifest.
1: I have hundreds I'm just trying to decide on (laughs) which one to because as a creative you always have all these things that you don't think that you can accomplish but then you do accomplish it and it's not even until like a couple months later you look back and be like whoa i can't believe i did that uh, or something like that i think so I'd, one i'll just pick out is um i was able to help um art direct uh, an entire full length movie um at a previous em- this was a previous employer um and we made the entire movie for sixty thousand dollars, which, if anyone knows anything about movies, that's there's not even a category in bigger film festivals for anything under two hundred and fifty thousand. And it it really came out amazing, and we got distribution in stores and things like that. So, and I was I was in it twice too, but just in the background, <laughs> and one they blurred me out too. So, um, you know, whatever we we kind of had to do it we had to do as a creative, you always have to do what you have to do with the resources you have. So that really taught me that anything is possible in the creative world, as long as you're willing to do it. One time, uh,
3: me and a a buddy were riding bikes down the Natchez trace in Jackson, Mississippi, when they were, um, uh, rebuilding a giant portion of it. And I saw this heavy machinery and thought, what if they leave the keys in those things? Turns out they do. And, uh, It's pretty fun to drive a bulldozer and a steamroller. Um, you could do a lot of crazy things with that. I did, would not recommend anyone else do that.
2: You wouldn't know anything about that, huh?
3: Yeah, but it was fun. I, I saw it. I, you know, I thought, I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to come up there and see if, if there are keys in this big piece of heavy machinery.
4: That's, that's great, man, because you miss 100% of the shots you don't take.
3: There
0: it is. The phrase that pays. <laughs> the
4: phrase
3: that pays. <laughs> Caller number
0: nine. <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah, I don't have anything good. I wish I did.
0: I'm getting Um, a late breaking note from our producer that who had an imaginary friend's business idea? (laughs) Uh, I think we found him. Uh, I feel like we talked about this before. (laughs)
4: Um, yeah. It it can't hurt Uh, to repeat it. Well, yeah. I think it did get cut. I think there's a reason it got cut. Um, but this, the, the, the question was, did you have an idea that eventually came to fruition and this, this failed spectacularly. So I'll share it because I'm being compelled to share it, uh, at the moment. Uh, but yeah, as a, as a senior in high school, uh, in, uh, 2001, fall of 2001, um, I, along with a couple of buddies thought it would be, uh, fun to, uh, or interesting to create a, uh, a, company online that would sell imaginary friends. And, uh, the idea was we would ship you an empty box with a, uh, printed customized or custom to you backstory for your imaginary friend. And, uh, that was, that was the dream. And, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately it's, uh, or more, more predictably, uh, failed spectacularly. Um, so yeah, it never sold a thing, but uh, that was an idea that is still out there. If anybody wants to take it and run with it.
3: How, how much was an imaginary friend?
4: I don't remember. I feel like it was around 20 bucks.
0: Oh, that sounds like an idea that could have used some uh, creative direction. So maybe <laughs> God, we're all here. We'll uh, yeah, it was, get off it, the it, Zoom it, call and do so the Shark
1: Tank is, application. Since this is being recorded, I just want to, you know, get it on the recording. It, Can I steal that idea, Matt? Is that okay? Sure, man. Go for it. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll (laughs) take 10% of your royalties. Yep. 10% of revenue. Hold on. We'll talk afterwards about about all that stuff.
0: Well, that is it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks again to Josh Cooper for joining us today and sharing his perspective. I'm sure we will be hearing much more from Josh in the future. Also, if you're in the market for an imaginary friend, please reach out to Matt Roberts. The phone lines are open now, so don't delay. If you're interested in the topics we covered in today's show, we have a ton of content that touches on the various facets of content strategy, web design, digital marketing, and more on our blog. Head over to madebyspeak.com to check out the latest and greatest. As always, if you have questions or feedback for today's episode, we'd love to hear from you. What are your so-crazy-they-just-might-work ideas? Speak is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whichever social media platform you prefer. We are there. If you enjoy the show, I'd ask you to please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. So from myself, our panel today, and all of us at Speak, thanks for getting a little off topic with us.